0: This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host Greg Crumpton. Hey, everyone! Welcome into another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm Tyler Kern, and I'm joined by the man himself, Mr. Greg Crumpton. Greg, thank you so much for uh, for joining me today, man.
1: Hey, Tyler. Good to talk to you. Uh, strange conditions as they are, here we are. Yes. Okay april fool's day so maybe maybe we're gonna wake up and
0: somebody's gonna say april fool's you know i saw someone post on twitter earlier today that 2020 has just been april fool's year and i think that that might be i think that might be correct that that feels about right to me just circumstances are strange uh you're (laughs) you keep referring to it as house arrest and that's that's kind of how it feels but you know we'll we'll make the best of it and why not just do a podcast while we're at it well i i think that
1: you know as we have uh going down the highway of relationships and as we are spending more time probably in our own heads right now than we have in a while just because we have a little bit of of, uh, free time or for me it's time between conference calls. Um, Those relationships have stood out and uh, I've made a concerted effort to keep those happening. Um, So I thought what a better way to to bring on uh, somebody who's dear to me uh, relationship wise and, uh, let's talk, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So our guest today is Howie Barber. He's the operations manager for Adam Power. Howie, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you both for having me. So Greg and Howie, why don't you guys just kind of tell the story? How did you guys, uh, become friends? How did you guys become acquainted? And tell me a little bit more about, uh, about the relationship that you guys have.
1: Well, uh, as you'll hear, um, our accents are about 180 degrees apart. (laughs) So obviously we did not grow up together, uh, but we met each other and uh, just, you know, I think fairly quickly figured out that we, we both uh, thought each other were, were quality uh, people to spend time with. And uh, over the last dozen or or 13 years, we've uh, figured out a lot of cool ways to do stuff together. So Howie, why don't you uh, take us down a, a, a quick uh, memory road trip to to kind of set the tone of how we got going when
2: when greg and i first met um he, he had airtight and i was um working on a cancer benefit my mother was uh bad sick with cancer back in the late 2000s right about the time the nfl started doing their cancer drive where everything's pink in october and we thought it would be cool to put it all together and greg was Gracious enough to be the headlining sponsor for the first "Take a Slice Out of Cancer," we teamed up with a local restaurant, and we had um, Panther players come out, and the news was there, and uh, we always seemed to fit it in uh, in the Wednesday of the World Series schedule is when the news guys could fit it in on a news, you know, on a busy news week. So we always, um, I think, we ran that for seven or eight years, and we did that on the Wednesday in between the World Series.
1: And I had forgotten. That, that's why on, I forgot. That's why we did that. But I, I remember that now. Yeah,
2: <laughs> um, the Bobcats got involved. The the you know back then that was the Charlotte basketball team and the local hockey team. The Checkers were there, and um, man, it was just it was a great time. We raised a lot of money back in those days for you know cancer research.
1: No doubt. And I remember also the uh, pink fire truck that the city of Charlotte would would bring out
2: the pink lady,
1: yep, still around so <laughs> well, you know like I said tyler we we've done a lot of stuff together, and that that was the genesis of it and um you know we we've just continued to build these relationships between ourselves and then our you know our contacts who have now become part of a, a cool little network of, of folks that we, uh, interact with and do business with, um, that kind of spawned out yeah. of the, the early relationships. And one thing that, that I find interesting about how is his ability and his desire? Well, I don't know if it's a desire. I think it's an innate quality. He has to coach people. And, uh, he has coached teams. He's coached people uh, that I know and people that I don't know uh, with great success. How, what, tell me about your coaching and how, how all that came about and, and kind of what motivates that and how that coaching. And I know you've got some, some cool stories about the, the kids that go on to become adults and then come back to you in, in their adult life. Tell, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Um, well, well, I've uh, I've coached baseball and wrestling and football, and I've been fortunate enough to have quality kids um, that um, we've had championship teams at, at every sport, at every level. <clears throat> Sometimes it took a few years to get there. Um, I've had two kids that have played for me grow up and end up playing the NFL, but um, and that's great, but I think I'm more proud of like I'm in Florida and a young man contacts me and says, hey coach, are you, are you in Florida? And I'm like, yeah, I'm down here on business. He said, I'm, I'm about 10 miles from you. I'd, I'd like to bring my son over and have you meet him. Would, would you do that for me? That's incredibly humbling to have a young man that you've touched that that way that wants you to see his son. Um, so, um, you, you know, when it comes to team building, it's you don't always get the parts you need. You, you get assigned parts and you have to figure out how to get the most out of that player, no matter what sport, no matter which individual. And it's that way in business. Um, you know, some people don't respond to a kick in the butt. Some don't respond to a whisper in the ear or a patter on the back. You have to find what button motivates that individual to get the most out of them.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool too. And, and I think that as we age and, and mature into our different roles that we have with different people in life, um, you come to find out that your maybe your initial thoughts aren't what really motivates that person. And then you also realize how different you are from that person or anybody else because you think as a young, young mentor or, or coach that... You know a lot of people will respond to the same things you respond to and that's pretty cool when you are able to go okay I, now i gotta sit back and figure out what what makes this cat tick and um you know there's online profiles and personality profiles and all that stuff mm-hmm. uh, it's really cool when you're able to to figure out that that combination and Howie, I, I think you met my brother-in-law mike uh who is a retired football wrestling coach, and um, he he has a lot of those same stories of how he has helped young young men in his case mostly uh, kind of go through their adolescence and their high school. They go to college, they get out, and they you know become a normal productive citizen. And then he sees them you know at, at a restaurant, and they're, they're with their kids or their family and. Or either they call him or Facebook him out of the blue, and it's like you know, it's just really cool when when you know you made an impact, and they come back around to you. So congratulations on that. That's a even if you've done one, that's a hell of a hell of an accomplishment. So, you know, because we are uh, April first, twenty twenty, and we are in the middle of the COVID nineteen. Uh, God, I don't even know what to call it. Pandemic, not I guess, is the proper word. Right. But, you know, Howie, how are you using some of those same skills? Uh, and, and I know a fair amount of the, the the people you work with at Adam Power, just from, you know, our relationship. Um, how are you helping them? Or what? what are your you know, keys to success of keeping that group going, especially while you guys aren't together. Uh, so the whole working from home, uh, re- working remotely, has a different vibe, obviously, than working. You know, like I think you guys do a, a a huddle every morning, so you're seeing the whole team and you're talking about what's on the agenda. You know, are you are you carrying that same thing forward via Zoom or some other mechanism, or what? What's the dynamic and How are you keeping your, your coaching and your mentoring and your love going right now during this wackiness?
2: We, we are zooming every Monday, Wednesday and Friday mornings. Um, we've challenged each other to be up and on time and have the video camera on. Uh, If you're, if you don't have the video camera on, you get a little ribbing from the team because we want to make sure everybody's smiling and ready to go. So, um, it's, it's three times a week. It's the entire team. And then, you know, as needed during the day, there's phone calls and we have Slack and we have Asana, which is another uh, scheduling program. We have Google chat rooms going. We have regular texts. So there is five or six different avenues of communication all day long. And it's surprising to me or was the biggest surprise is how much time is spent communicating remotely when you could just go down and say to an office, hey, uh, I need this. And then you turn around and talk to somebody in a cubicle. Hey, I'm looking for this. Then you walk up to the front desk. Let's make this happen. Well, that might have taken three minutes before. Now it's taking hours. So yeah. <clears throat> as time goes on, we're figuring out ways to streamline the communication but it is communication all day long. And and I think that's the trick to being successful with any team is the communication. Our guys yeah. are, are, I say guys, I'm from the Northeast. So everybody's a guy to me. So our ladies and men are working remotely and you have to trust them. You have to trust that they have the company's best interest in mind, that they're productive and they're working towards their next goal. So, um,
1: yeah, I think I, uh, that trust word is. I think the trust is really key, and and I think every podcast Tyler we've done, I think that trust word, uh, or in, in you know the the sentiment behind mm-hmm. the trust has been kind of germane to what everybody does, and definitely uh, to 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 Howie's point, uh, you know, when you're working in a remote environment, you really do have to uh, benefit of the doubt. Um, and like, like you said, Howie, the, the zoom, you know, you better cut your camera on or we can tell you have not had a shower yet. So um, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty, pretty funny, but the, the whole trust piece is, is really, uh, that's, that's pretty, pretty right on target for me mentally. And the, the other thing, um, is just, I, I saw a piece this morning in, uh, Politico magazine. And I, I've been feeling this way for, you know, at least the last two weeks that our work after this episode, wh- however long it is, hopefully, uh, you know, come June, we'll be back in norm. But we probably won't ever go back to we, where we were before. Um, because to me, people are figuring out if you're an accountant, you're figuring out, okay, the work's still getting done, but I'm not, I don't need to pay for that 10,000 square feet of office. Maybe I can do it with five and then rotate the people in and out of the office, or there's going to be something that comes out of it. And I think whatever that is that comes out of it, you know, how back to your, your really huddle you know how does that dynamic change if you're only seeing people every other day or and that that may be an extreme because of how what you guys do right now but in general business i think you're going to see a disruption to what we were doing um let's call it you know december 15th of last year before all this started so i think that the uh what I don't no, I don't think about I, i'm questioning you know, how will we maintain and, and what will the new relationship norm be when we get to this next step, whatever that is?
2: This this event is a on comparison with a nine eleven type point in history. Now the difference is of course nine eleven was a day that, you know, changed everything going forward. This time period is gonna change everything going forward. It's not a specific day in of course, all the all the ramifications that are coming from it are are not even comparable. But what I'm saying is, this event in time, this pandemic, is going to change everything going forward.
1: Yep. and not to mention we'll have another baby boom, probably. You know, <laughs> pe- people well, are held up at problem. home. <laughs> what you saying? You that's, know, that's, that's
0: point. Good. So one of the things I, I think is interesting that's coming out of all of this is that it, it forces a level of intentionality when it comes to communication and relationship building and that sort of thing. And I think that that is particularly interesting in this case because um, you're not just going to run into people at the coffee machine or at the water cooler these days. You actually have to make it a point to talk to people. And I think that that's something interesting carrying forward, just that idea that, um, that relationship building is intentional and communication has to be extremely intentional especially during this time but maybe even moving forward just that people are a little bit more cognizant of how they communicate and when they communicate with one another
1: which is probably a really good thing Um, you know we we get really comfortable and complacent in how we do things and uh, sometimes you have to be uh, popped upside the head so maybe this is that moment to make us be a little bit more Um, conscious about how we uh, communicate, when and how. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe the the good will come out of it for sure.
0: Mm.
2: I I think what 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 you're going to see going forward is that this is where um, teams that that like each other, that respect uh, each other's time, um, they're able to communicate easily. These teams are going to have a lot of success in the very near term at the back end of this once things open back up or even in remotely as we're working remotely the teams are able to communicate and uh respect each other's time will uh accelerate while other teams struggle
1: yeah that's a good point howie i I think that you know that uh, i think that happens in real life but this probably uh definitely increases that that speed of adoption of that trust, you know, like, okay, I, I I know that how he's going to get this done. I can check that off my list and he's going to report back. I don't have to walk by the cubicle every day and say, Hey dude, you know, where are we at? Um, so that, I think that'll be a good thing. What, uh, Tyler curious about, you know, I mean, I, I know the basic structure of your company. Um, how are you guys handling, your team meetings and and what have you how are you keeping those relationships strong and um and you know the 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 down or or the positive side of this is that uh maybe some of the more toxic relationships die quicker you know (laughs) Maybe, maybe that's another way to look at it i don't know
0: no that's it's that's not a bad point but yeah so market scale as a as a company had not really uh done some remote work before this kind of all started and so this was uh, an interesting challenge for us but um but daily Zoom meetings with uh, with video cameras on and bright, shining faces, and then uh, a lot of communication over Microsoft Teams and other messaging apps, just to make sure that everybody's on the same page. And using uh, you know a service like Asana, like what Howie uh, was mentioning, we use that as well, just as a way of sure making projects should. stay on course, that uh, everybody has tasks built out that... Um, everybody kind of knows their role and has expectations set for them. And so all of those things have kind of played into uh, making sure that things continue to basically just operate like normal. And there, there really is that trust aspect where um, in the past, I've, I've always thought of uh, MarketScale having kind of a strong office presence being, being an advantage um, as a as a younger company, just having that kind of camaraderie, but being able to build that through the technology that's available has really helped, uh, maintain what we're doing and, um, and continue to push forward. So it's, it's definitely been an adjustment, obviously, uh, like yeah. it's been, for, like it's been for most people. But, um, I think in the end we've, we've learned some really positive things from it. And I think that we'll be stronger as a company as a result.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I, well, I, I think you guys do good stuff, obviously. I work with you personally and professionally, so it's uh, it's pretty cool to watch you guys uh, kind of take this moment to take it to the next level yeah so howie howie um, you know you and I know a lot of the same people through our relationships. why don't you I, I'd love to just kind of dive into that spider web of people like you know I think about like uh, Coleman and I think about people like Steve Ray and what, how do you see the symbiotic thing that we have? You know, I'm all, I'm, I know how, you know, if you're looking at a relationship from your own view, you see it one way. But just like a mirror, you see yourself and your reflection in a way that's different than how other people look at you. So I'm curious about how do you view how we have uh, come to be in this, this spider web of relationships? And, and you know, what, what's your take on it? I guess. I'm curious. If you're, I've never asked you that, so I well, guess you like it or you wouldn't do it.
2: It's interesting you bring that up because I was thinking back as, as I was following or tracking Airtight down for a sponsorship. My wife came home, who was working for Jeffrey Gittermer at the time, and said, Hey, I met this really cool guy today. His name is Greg Crumpton. And I said, Greg Crumpton? I'm looking for a guy at Airtight named Greg Crumpton. And she said, It's got to be the same guy because this Greg Crumpton is at Airtight. So... <laughs> That's, so she was meeting you about the same time I was meeting you, and and um, you know the relationship has grown since then. I remember you had said, "Hey, I want to take a look out at." Um, you want to look at the Facebook plant out in Forest View, right? Forest City.
1: Yeah, Forest City. Yep. With Forest City. Greg Chick, right?
2: Greg Chick, and I had a fell out there that I used to work with in another place. So we went out there, and that was our first road trip together. And um, you know, as time gone on taylor coleman um lauren hilton i mean very very quality people and what i like most about the network that you and i share is that there's never a hesitation if somebody needs somebody or needs something there's never hesitation you don't go oh i don't know about this one you simply say i know the person this is who it is it it's um like you were talking about quality relationships i think each one of the relationships is um is money
1: well that that's where you get into that uh that trust piece and if if somebody says hey Howie told me to call then the trust is implied you don't have to earn it or worry about it you know what i mean like if if you're telling somebody to call me i don't have to run them through the third filter You've already handled that. So <laughs> it's just a, a lot quicker. The, the, you know, I say this, I think, on every podcast, but the, the Speed of Trust uh, book by Stephen R. Covey and how quickly you get to that point of trust versus having to go through the trials and tribulations of a normal, you know, I meet a person. And you go through the the relationship courting and then you become friends and then good friends. And then, you know, eventually you get to that trust part. And when you have somebody in your network uh, and is a friend and that trust is already established, it just makes life a whole lot easier.
2: My wife, when I was talking to her about, hey, I'm going to be on the show and I'd like to talk about the leadership aspect of, uh, I'm sorry, the trust aspect. Let me start over.
1: (laughs) Discount three, two, one and go.
2: Three, two, one. I was talking to my wife about, you know, going to be on this uh, podcast straight out of Crumpton. And I was talking about how I wanted to talk about trust and and leadership. And she said, don't you remember what you used to say? Used to not to the kids, but about the kids. She said they have to trust you before you could put a foot in their ass. (laughs) If, if you get on a kid too soon, he'll shut down. But if he trusts you or he knows that you love him and have his best interest in mind, he'll take the foot in his ass, you know, figurative, not literally. Um, you can get on him. You can ride him. You can really ride him hard, and they'll respond as long as they trust you. If you do it too soon, there's no, there's, you know, they'll shut down. There's no response.
1: Now, and should bring the- that up because it's me, Howie? <laughs> <laughs>
2: And, but it's the same way with leadership, you know, they'll follow you. You can, you're only as good a leader as, as your people trust you. If your people don't trust, you're not going to be a very good leader. And that's just, unfortunately, how it's going to be.
1: Well, that's where you get that whole leader versus manager versus, you know, boss thing. Um, So this past couple of weeks, uh, uh, a couple of young men who uh, I have, worked with and they worked for me at the other company and um, they decided to change their careers this week or at least their company and uh, it was kind of weird uh, watching that whole process and I thought a lot about that leadership piece and you know why why they work where they work and why they choose not to work where they choose and it was just an interesting like uh, and again maybe it's business. I've been under house arrest and had a little bit of extra time to think, but I'm um, just really curious of how uh, it, it's curious to me of how people respond differently to leadership versus management versus bosses versus you know a leader who gets in there like you do I know and and works with your team. Um, it's just a, a really cool dynamic, but what spawns from that are long-term relationships, you know and It's just like when you were coaching, Howie, you know, um, these young people that you're helping right now at Adam Power, and and I know you are because I talk to them and they tell me that, so I'm not making it up. When they're your age, which I know you're so much younger than I am, as you continue to remind me, but when they're your age, they're going to remember what you did for them and if all the stars are in alignment, as they usually are under good leadership, they're going to do the same thing. So it's like a, the benefit of you doing it is you're paying it forward, but you're not doing it with the expectation. You're doing it because it's the right thing to do. And you're helping those kids get to, and I say kids, you know, I love them. They're 30, whatever, but um, you're helping them get to where they're going to be in your role. And I just love to see that whole cycle go through.
2: You know, setting them up for success and their, their growth and their jobs is my reward. You know, I don't, I'm, I don't need any kind of thanks. I don't need anybody patting me on the back or saying great job. Seeing them having success is what makes me proud. What makes me happy. Um, my youngest son came to military. Twenty-two years old, he's he's volunteering in a local high school um, as a wrestling coach. You know, um, the head coach over there let him come in, and he's working with the high school kids and he's working with the younger kids before the corona. But you know, to see my son get on the mat and start helping young kids as well is is you know it's very humbling. It's well, I'm very proud. it
1: tells- Well, I think what it shows is that people respond to to positives that they see uh, and that they hear and that they witness. You know, you you don't say, hey, you know, uh, young—I won't call them by name, but you're two Uh, kids—you don't don't say uh, when you grow up you should go volunteer— you take them when they're boys with you to go volunteer. So they see it in action. They see what you and Beth do for the American Legion. They, you know, your, your whole, I, and I want you to tell this story. I, I, I'll be quiet after this and listen to it, but please tell your, uh, how you became famous on the local news with your flag story. <laughs> I love this story. Uh,
2: we're in a local American Legion here in Harrisburg, North Carolina, Post 523. Um, my wife is the first vice commander. I'm the finance officer. And um, we have a flag retirement box, a U.S. flag retirement box outside of one of the local grocery stores. We've been in town three years, and I had no idea it was there. I've been part of the post for a year, had no idea it was there. So I said, All right,
1: Hold on a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Before you go there, tell us what a freaking flag retirement box is, because I I consider myself a patriot and I never knew of this.
2: Oh, well, the American flag is supposed to be retired in a ceremony in a respective, in respect, in a three, two, one. An American flag when it's worn or tattered should be retired in a respectful manner. So the American Legion holds a ceremony and we, go through the pomp and circumstance of the retirement and then we burn the flags respectfully not the way people do it on tv so we have a box that looks kind of like a, a post office box it's red white and blue with the lid on the front you can put old tattered flags in there and we collect them i actually have six large lawn leaf bags of american flags waiting to be retired in our next ceremony when I didn't realize that the flag was out in front of the grocery store I said to the wife perhaps other people don't know that so I made a post I took a couple pictures of it I posted and it said just simply did you know 12,000 likes later in shares and impressions we get a call from a local tv station that wanted to come out and do a, a live shot about the box and put it on TV. So we did, and uh, what an amazing response. It's It's been incredible. So the plan was to have uh, the next flag retirement ceremony in June. Um, you know, the corona seems to be impacting everything. So June might be a little optimistic.
1: So Howie, is, is that open to the public?
2: It is. It is. Anybody that wants, that has a flag that's tattered or torn and needs to be retired can put it in the box. Um, we will announce on Facebook when the next ceremony is. Anybody's welcome to come. The last time we did it, we had a Boy Scout troop help us. Their parents were out there. We had had you know friends and family of uh, city people from Harrisburg, North Carolina, come out and uh it was it was a quite a nice little ceremony
1: i I would love to come to that i I think that that's just so cool and i I think what that tells me um if you have six garbage bags you know full of flags that are ready for retirement that we're a hell of a patriotic group and, and most people don't know it so i think that's really cool but um so you know I can't believe that we've already spent this much time talking because I feel like we're just barely scratching the surface. So maybe maybe we'll have to do a phase two of this uh, going forward. But uh, so Howie, you you're an inspiration to many. Uh, I love having you as a friend. I love having you as a, a deep relationship. Uh, so keep please doing what you're doing uh, in in helping. You know, the young and up and coming, whether they're employees or our kids that you're helping with, I think you do some kind of funky martial arts that I can't pronounce. Uh, so <laughs> keep, keep that going. And
0: Well, yeah, Greg, uh, thanks so much to Howie uh, for joining us today. This was an absolute blast. Just getting to hear a little bit more. And you're right, I have like, scratched the surface. So maybe we, maybe we get them back on again sometime in the future. I think that would be awesome.
1: Yeah, he, he's just such a quality guy with so many, uh, so many different little veins that we could pick apart, you know, from <laughs> military leadership, uh, mm-hmm. skills he learned in, in the military and uh, a lot of good stuff there. So thank you, Howie. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah. Please keep yourself safe. Keep yourself well and yeah. uh, look forward to the next go round.
0: And everybody, no matter how you're listening to this, be it on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or on the Straight Outta Crumpton blog or on the Market Scale website, just make sure you bookmark that page or subscribe to the podcast and make sure you get future episodes. Also <laughs> go back and listen to previous episodes of Straight Outta Crumpton as well to hear more, just, uh, more interesting stories about relationships and relationship building and how it impacts business and how it impacts personal lives. And so uh, make sure to go listen to those episodes as well. And of course, like Greg mentioned, we'll be back soon with more episodes. All right, bud. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. This is as always.